0: Poultry, Inc. I am your host, Guy Loco. here back after about a month with a very special review with some very special guests. Uh, to introduce also here, my mom, <laughs> Lady Bird, Melody. doing here mom doing okay and from across the way we have a very other special guest joining me for the first time well technically second time you know how kfc has a colonel we have a colonel too and that's moses moses you here
1: i am here From deep in the heart of California.
0: How's it going over there since last I saw you?
1: Well, lots happened since then. But uh, (laughs) it it is a beautiful day here in beautiful Long Beach. Yep.
0: Uh, Thank you very much for figuring this out and joining on my podcast finally. Again, for really the second time because first time we attempted it did not go well
1: (laughs) i know it's it's a bummer we don't have a copy of that yeah
0: uh but we all have come here with a very special review that we've just finally watched uh do the right thing from 1989 and uh mom before this you, you had not seen it is that true
2: i had never seen it before so it was pretty relevant to what's going on right now
0: yeah uh, Moses, you also had never seen this
1: film. No, nope. uh, shame on me, because <laughs> I don't know how it got past me for over thirty years. But uh, it was really, really good, and uh, yeah, it, you know, like my sister said, it's very relevant. It's it could have been made today.
0: Yeah, uh, and also I had gone the longest time without seeing it, and. I had always proclaimed uh, my personal favorite movie from 1989 year I was born, uh, to be like Batman 89, Indiana Jones and the last crusade. Uh, but everybody kept telling me about do the right thing is one of the biggest overlooked and underappreciated films and how it's still relevant. I was like, well, I hope this lives up to the hype. And it did, <laughs> uh, <laughs> After watching other Spike Lee movies, and I still have to watch a few others, I've been really respecting his work. And I've also been kind of going through another collection of stuff that's maybe a little bit relevant, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, so overall impressions here, we all thought the film was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, enjoy that.
1: And a side uh, note. So- since mm-hmm. it's ironically your favorite movie from your birth year, I guess I have to say my sister did the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Didn't let that out of the. But uh, yeah, excellent movie. And one thing that stands out to me is when I was watching the opening credits, I was like, Giancarlo Esposito, my gosh, from over 30 years ago. I can hardly wait to see him. The whole movie went by And I totally forgot that he was in the movie. I saw that he was uh, the bugging dude. And I was like, what? He did not look a thing like he (laughs) was now.
0: Yeah, that was the other thing. I saw Lawrence.
1: Exactly. He didn't have a very big partner. Uh, Recognized him. He pretty much looks the same. But um, yeah, yeah, that was a trip. Yeah.
0: I didn't even know Spike Lee was in the movie. I thought he just, you know, did everything for it. I didn't know he actually was one of the main characters as Mookie. Uh, But yeah, just as a small, this is basically like a look at, I believe that this is in Brooklyn uh, on a neighborhood and it's like the hottest day of the year. So, of course, and then when there's, you know, tensions of anger and stuff, that, the heat just adds to it actually. But I was kind of surprised that this actually like really takes its time to really get to like the big thing that everybody says, like why this is so relevant. Uh, it's a lot of like character development, actually, a lot of people just interacting. Some you're just like, is this going anywhere? It's just, you know, like three guys just sitting on the sidewalk, just jacking with each other and talking, uh, but that just added to the atmosphere of what I was watching. And I also was also kind of a saturated kind of looking where, mm-hmm. which kind of gave me some Michael Bay vibes, which I didn't want to put out there because I respect Spike Lee way more than Michael Bay. Uh, but, yeah, I
1: think that the that yeah. Spike Lee took the amount of time setting the plate, but also you're dealing with primarily four different types of cultures here. You've got the they're, of course, they're all Americans, but you've got Italians, Puerto Ricans, uh, Blacks, and Koreans. And it didn't focus a whole lot on the Koreans other than the fact that they had a store. But
0: yeah. they, they really they really
1: spent an amount, like, uh, amount of time giving you a peek into their own family culture before, you know, kind of moving on to how they intermingled with each other. So I thought that was pretty well mm-hmm.
0: done. Uh John, John Turturro. I did not know was in this. And boy, he can be like one of the funniest guys to root for. And then he can be a guy you can just hate.
1: <laughs> That's true. Because
0: you, you, you can just, he's showing so much this inner racism and hate that he has for other people. And, it's, and his father's even like, where's this coming from? But then you get a little bit of a glimpse of the dad to what he's kind of been hiding too. That's true. Yeah. Uh, uh, how have you felt about it, Mom?
2: Well, I thought it did um, a nice little job of kind of trying to show a little bit where different sides are coming from and and uh, you know they they all have their own their pride, their their like you said their culture and how they were brought up and you know being some being envious of others, thinking others, got it made and you know i don't know it just kind of kind of shows how we have more in common mm-hmm. than uh, than we don't so yeah, yeah I that was pretty cool
0: um and i also it i could see also some people like maybe getting taken aback by some of the film stylings like when it gets like the close-ups like when he's like putting the love hate thing on his Fists like up close to the camera. I could see people kind of finding that kind of jarring. I oh,
2: don't know. I mean, it's making a
0: point. It's making a point, but that's also Spike Lee's style. Is that he's really in your face, telling you like, "This is what's happening. This is what I believe." So I'm kind of not gonna let up on it.
1: Uh, that kind of yeah. uh, uh, cinematography reminds me of The Twilight Zone, where you had a lot of uh, yeah. a, a lot a lot of the. Camera shots were, were so precise and very close that you could see, you know, pop marks on people's faces and stuff. So I kind of like
0: And even that. at a tilt, sometimes. Yeah. There, there was like a little bit of like a music video style there too. Yeah. yeah. Especially the opening credits. <laughs>
1: yeah, that and reminded me a lot of, I'm gonna, uh, of, of In Living Color.
2: Yeah, I hear you're going say that
0: and i'm just willing to bet that most of the budget of this as far went to how much they could use public enemies fight to power song because it's like throughout the entire you could tell me that was just the soundtrack but there's other in there too uh yeah and as far as like you know again we set up all these different kinds of characters and stuff like this is just everyday living almost for them but this particular time it's very very hot oh, and also young young but i say young but he still looks the same sam, sam jackson <laughs> before he became samuel apparently uh is the dj that uh kind of you get to hear his morning you know show and how he starts the day for people uh Again, it's a bigger name now, but he is also such a minor character that kind of shows like that this is that they knew where to focus the story on. Just just because we have this actor doesn't mean we're gonna put so much focus on him. You know who I thought that was uh,
1: before because he had the shades on and the hat. Who I thought that was in the first yeah. scene? I thought I thought it was Eddie Murphy. <laughs>
0: And then Murphy gets brought
1: up. Too. And you know what's funny is then I recognize oh, well, now Samuel Jackson is a DJ. Oh, he must have the second ship. <laughs> 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 but then a. Murphy never came back. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, that must have been him all along. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. Uh, but I thought the all the acting was pretty spot on for the type of role they were given uh i I did not know that spike lee could actually act like that so i always thought of him as just the filmmaker or the guy at the knicks game (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's all i really knew him for um but and also the gosh this is the toughest part so i'm going to have trouble remembering some of these people's names but the kind of old Guy on the street that's kind of going throughout the whole film, like, trying to be like the,
1: uh, the mayor.
0: Is that his name? They called him or mayor. mayor. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Thank you. That's his uh, like
0: kind name. of being like the voice to reason. His real name is
1: Ozzy Davis. Ozzy. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: okay.
1: And I was trying to remember uh, his name. I was like, man, I've seen him in so many movies. And then I saw it in the closing credits. Like, that's him. Okay.
0: again maybe i have seen him but there's i don't know if i have or not
2: yeah well he was in probably more movies from several years ago and he was a lot of times he was uh, more of a character actor that's that's for uh, sure like a lot of those actors that you you know their face you know their their voice you know but you don't always know their name which
0: is a shame yeah I mean, I get that way now with actors even nowadays. So I'm like, I recognize your face, but I don't know your name. Kind of like being
1: being a backup I mean, singer. For,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: for, for like a long time I always heard people saying that Sam Rockwell was kind of like that guy that they're always like, mm-hmm. I recognize him, but for some reason I don't ever remember his name, but his name's now gotten way more recognizable and stuff. Oh yeah. Um Yeah, uh I definitely think that it was a shame that this was not nominated for anything, I believe so, back in, you know, it would have been probably 90 when the Oscars happened since this came out in 89, but I, as far as like, because if a film is like, you know, made at a certain time, but it lasts, the message is always relevant and it gets even more relevant now, uh... Because when it gets to that uh, final breakdown, like the last 20 or so, maybe even 15 minutes, that's, that's, I was kind of like looking at the clock and I was like, man, I, I like this, but geez, this is really taking its time for what everybody keeps saying about it. And then when that happens, I'm like, okay, so am I watching a film or am I watching the news? <laughs> because this, this is not that much different. And it really pokes that things really have not changed and come as far as they have in the past thirty some odd years, or you want to go back four hundred years. So
1: yeah, uh, I I had had thought that you know during Obama's time in office that we were making some progress, but I think people were just being keeping to themselves rather than being uh, given permission by some people higher up that they can say what they want, you know, and without any fear of uh, retribution. But, you know, I think uh, it comes down to just respect. You know, people need to be respectful. It doesn't matter if you like what they do or, or how they look or whatever, but just being respectful towards one another. But it's been lost. It's completely been lost. Mm-hmm. And then this was made three years before the L.A. riots, and it looked yeah. other than it's you know it's it's set in the neighborhood rather than the whole city. This is exactly what happened, you know, and you know I'll, I'll never forget that. But it, those riots, they were there was people burning things and looting all over Southern California. It was not isolated to just south central or Watts but it was happening everywhere you could look all around you could stand on your roof and look all around in 360 degrees you'd see smoke coming up from all over the place so wow yeah it was it was a trip I feel it's a little bit different this time only because we've got people out there that are trying to make a point more people than there are Uh, then aren't trying to make a point. Um, The protesters are not the people that are looting. You know, the people that are looting are opportunists. And uh, I saw on the news a couple of scenes where it was like a Walgreens. The protesters were lining up in front of it, keeping the looters out.
2: Because they didn't want them huddling
1: up. Yeah.
2: Yeah is pretty upset
0: there's gonna be no repercussions uh they're just gonna cover it up uh, because like when they're sitting with him on the ground and stuff i was just like again i'm not <laughs> really watching a movie right now i'm seeing real life watching the news yeah uh so uh kind, kind of with all that said uh I could give this film easily uh, probably an A+. I I think the fact that it was made in 89, the fact that it's so relevant now, and it's such a daring, like, I filmmaking-wise, agree. I would give it that strong of a recommendation. You, Mom?
2: Yeah, I, I definitely give it a strong A. Um, it was... Uh... It was good. I don't think I realized that uh, Rosie Perez was such a good dancer. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I ever realized that's where, maybe where she started. Um,
0: it's possible. I just
2: always kind of thought of her, kind of in some comedies that I saw her in. And um,
0: uh, yeah, I've only seen her in like the like latter half right now. Like she was in Birds of Prey. That was the last movie I saw her in.
1: Yeah, definitely so. And, yeah,
0: you. Uh, I mean, I know that they
1: the same Moses. There was already issues with the police brutality going on long, long before this. But as far as the response that the community had towards it mm-hmm. um, in the movie, um, and then the riots happening just three years later here in L.A., um, it was pretty much almost prophetic in that sense, you know, and. I, I, I don't know I I feel like maybe Spike was to something as far as it's coming to a head and this is what's going to happen. I, I, I don't
0: know that he. Oh well, I mean he kind he kind of eluded it a few years ago with another film too. So, uh, was yeah, that Alan I haven't Landsman. seen yet. Yeah. Oh,
2: that, <laughs> that, that was I really, really enjoyed really... that
0: one. Especially towards the end. Ah, uh, yeah, that, that was another kind of question for you out there, Moses. Because just because I know you don't, was Lighthouse lot, the one? Was Lighthouse the last movie I uh, saw in the theater recently? I don't think yeah. so. Or did you see one? I after think that was after?
1: it because that was in November. And <laughs> yeah, between then and when the theaters closed out, I don't think I made it to mm-hmm. the theater anything that I've seen since then I've seen at home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that's why for some of my listeners that are maybe like, huh, this is kind of not the usual kind of, you know, format or something. Like, I have to change up this format because I can't go to the theater <laughs> or am I questioning if I'll be going when they reopen or not? Uh So, which which has kind of led to, we have to talk about, you know, either past films that I've not seen or films that we can talk, like I have a special Rotten Eggs coming up next week where we're going to be talking about a certain film that holds place for some of us to talk about it. Uh, But yeah. uh, Also I would say some strong recommendations uh, if you want to watch some films that kind of cover stuff like this, and maybe get you to what's been going on and that feeling, uh, I rewatched Twelve Years a Slave. Uh, easily the toughest watch out of the bunch, uh, but I feel like it sets you up for how far back that this has gone, and what people are still feeling the effects of with the slave trade and stuff like that. Uh, like I said earlier, I think Black Klansman is an excellent film. I thought it was greatly underappreciated the year it came out, which was, I think, now three years ago. Uh, but and Blind Spotting, if you have not seen I that I rewatched again finally, that was like my third favorite movie that year, and that pokes at a lot of things right now but in an, a very human and almost comedic way, because it's also a comedy film with a strong message. Uh, well, uh, and then well, I would also strongly one. recommend Django. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, because if, 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 you, if you watch 12 Years a Slave and you like, I, I want to see basically like they just get <laughs> what's coming to them kind of in that same time period set. I would say Chango's is a good follow-up. Cause then you're like, yeah, <laughs> Christoph Watts and Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Go kill some slave owners. That's a good one. Uh, and the one I also watched today, get out uh, a, a very different kind of telling from a different perspective, but it's still, like, dealing with, like, the underlying yeah. racism that people have. Selma, I think, is also a great one to show for the whole march and protests thing going on. Uh, Sorry to Bother You is another one I would highly recommend. It's very out there in the way that it's film-made, but, oh, it's poking on so many things, like, factory of working life uh, and then just the abrasions of different cultures and stuff and then my last recommendation for something like this straight out of Compton <laughs> you mentioned those LA riots oh they bring that mm-hmm. up because they bring up how big the Rodney King was a part of when they were getting big uh, and it, it, it's not on here but we did recently also rewatch uh three billboards outside of Ebbing, missouri it is not directly about this but it is about like the you know corrupt cops and they bring up a lot of stuff kind of towards that with sam rock sam rockwell's character so yeah Uh, again it's not in the same line as stuff like this but i think i actually did see that one in the theater could be another watch for this kind of thing Uh, oh yeah uh um so how how to proceed here (laughs) because it's also kind of like a free form thing that we're doing uh so if you enjoyed it I would say definitely go see do the right thing pick it up I just picked up the criteria collection I like the way this box looks uh Moses uh did you have anything well, that you would like to Well, since to bring you uh, asked about special, the last formed episode movie,
1: <laughs> I can ask you what's the last concert you went to? Huh.
0: Last concert I went to. Um, probably, I think that it was. Um, slip, it was the Knotfest concert with uh, Behemoth, Gojira, Volbeat, and Slipknot. Although technically, all I saw when was, was that? Volbeat and Slipknot because we got there so late. <laughs> and that was in August. Well, that one goes back. Uh, shortly before my birthday is when that concert came here. So that was a nice, yeah. I don't really get out to many concerts like that because I would save it for like the big ones like that or mayhem fest where it was like 12 different bands. And like, there were so many that I didn't know about, but I don't really go out to a whole lot because there's also ones I'm like, I want to see a show too. Like even if how mom and I have now been feeling about the band, Mm -hmm. I still would like to see ghost because I know the show would be really cool. Even though, I, we, even though we weren't big fans of the last album. As far as I can tell, they play a lot more of the older stuff. Well, I got a lot, feeling that so that's we're going to have a
1: smorgasbord awesome of, uh, programs, of bands yeah. coming as soon as we can start going to concerts again, because everybody's wanting to make that money, and they can't right now. So everybody's going to be hitting the road, I'm sure.
0: Yep. And coming <laughs> from my side of things, again, yeah,
1: that'll, that'll probably I be one of the last things that happen for right sure. because that's uh, that's where the big crowds uh, go. So, but last last one I went to was the very final uh, Slayer show, and at the uh-huh. at the fabulous Home.
0: Yeah, I I have had seen.
1: Yeah, and let's see who opened for them. That was quite a um, Primus uh, was there? and Ministry. Yeah. Oh, I, I want to see. <clears> I had never heard them before. I was really impressed with what I was hearing. I, I was like, them. "Wow!" I mean, that's like a really good fit for Slayer. Primus is kind of different, but I, I, I enjoyed them. But and come to find yeah. out, and If you look into their music, you'll trip out on this. So, what they, their style of music now, like I said, is very much more in line with Slayer. But these guys have been around since the 80s. Like early 80s, so is Slayer, but so is Ministry. You listen to Ministry, it sounds like um, early 80s New Wave. Very, very different. And I actually I actually like mm-hmm. both huh. because I kind of grew up on that stuff too. Yeah. So it's a it's a trip. But of course Slayer, they've always been the same. So
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> well they they've been the same, but it's worked for so long. And they're 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 yeah. easily in my top like 10 because they've influenced a lot of stuff that I've liked mom can you remember the last concert you went to
2: oh my god mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's been years yeah um, oh my god it might be it might have even been Aerosmith
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, had great seats we were like fourth row from the front um, felt like I made eye contact with Joe Perry a couple times. And <laughs> it, was, it was pretty cool. We also, uh, the girl I went with, we went to the kind of obscure, small airport that Aerosmith, we knew where they were coming into, um, and we, we drove up to Indy early uh, just so we could get up to the airport they were coming into. Like I said, it's very small, like gravel road to get back to, but we saw the Learjets coming in and we watched them, uh, the planes come in and then they got, they had three limos because Steven uh, Tyler has to go alone in his. But uh, And they drove right by us. They actually rolled their windows down and and yelled out hi and uh, we just kind of were there cheering and it was just me and her. Uh so that was pretty cool. But yeah, that was probably the last one, and that was several years ago.
0: How many um, times did you see Earl Smith?
2: I saw him a couple times, but
0: like, I kind of remember you showing me some of those ticket stubs. Oh, I got a lot of old ticket Cause, stubs. Because you were like, look at the price of this. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh, oh my god. <laughs> That's how much it costs.
2: I still got my little California jam ticket stub. Are you kidding me?
1: Um, have no, you told no, you Ian no, your no, cow jam man. stories <laughs>
2: I've, got, I've got some some old ones in there that. Uh... <laughs> Ian
1: Total I can remember my, my brother so coming cool. over yeah, to pick road. her up for that yeah. concert I don't think my mom had any clue what she was getting into <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, what were you, 14, she 15?
2: I didn't really have any clue what I was getting into, really. Yeah.
1: So my brother walks in. We're all sitting at the I kitchen table.
2: 14. And he's yeah.
1: got a bag of oranges. And, and he explains he explains <laughs> the fact that you can't bring alcohol into the concert.
0: Oh, I remember this.
1: But you, but you can bring fruit Or food, and he Uh injected all the oranges with vodka.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now, did did you? Mm,
1: No, but I think I think what some reason I think what you're thinking of when was when I was was like two two or three no and there was a hot chili pepper on the table and i thought it and i thought it was a pickle
2: (laughs) no No, i remember that but no for some for some reason i was thinking that either you We're either looking at the oranges or something and maybe mom said like you don't want them and i I I was definitely checking the oranges oranges."
1: out but i didn't really want to have any (laughs) but i was like i I was like i was looking all around i was like well where's the holes (laughs) (laughs) that was pretty funny
0: See now what's kind what what's kind of funny on my side of this, and maybe for some listeners out there, is that the last time I just saw a bag of oranges, it was used on pro wrestling. <laughs> okay. Hitting a guy named Orange Cassidy. How apropos. <laughs> uh they and they even said they smushed him to pulp.
2: <laughs> oh my god. That's bad. But,
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> but we laughed, so uh but I think the last one that i can remember though before oh, that, that i went to that i had an amazing time i saw rush before they quit yeah I've seen that. i i saw i saw well it was my second time seeing them because I, I my dad took me to go see them for the snakes Arrows tour and then he took me again with his buddy to go see the clockwork angels tour and i love i really like both those albums but i really love uh clockwork angels I dig the sound of that i like getty's tone on his bass in that album uh did, did,
1: did you see yeah. the documentary and
0: rush again is one of the bands i would probably put in my top 10 but i have
1: well you must
0: influenced by, that,
1: uh, i, I want to say that got nominated for something I but have not. <laughs> um it tells the story it has excellent yeah. archival footage including video from when they were in high school and it's just an amazing, amazing story because Getty and Alex, they've known each other since uh, junior high. So they're lifelong they're lifelong friends. And only did they uh, have Neil Perk come into the band when they were about to go on tour and the other drummer was a diabetic and the manager said, if we go on tour with him, we're bringing him back in a body bag. Because he was not, he was not well. So <laughs> yeah. So they heard of, of Neil yeah. and, I've, I've they the and they hired him on the spot and they even until their you know most recent tours, they still would joke with him that he was the new guy.
0: <laughs> well on a technical way, yeah you are. Um so because I'm pretty sure that the last time that I talked with you, Mom, on here is that you were talking about the big California event that you went to where Black Sabbath was smallish.
2: Well, that was the California jam. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And they were like one of the openers.
2: Well, they were. They were. Um, I mean, there were like 10 bands there. They were They were about midway through. Okay,
0: So midway so, on the card. Yeah and Deep Purple close.
2: Pur- no, Emerson, Lake and Palmer closed. Uh-huh. Uh, Deep Purple was second to last.
0: Uh-huh. But, which, again, is definitely a old-school band that I've grown up listening to, but I just recently got recommended an album to check out, which I'm going to try to pull that up, because uh, it's been highly regarded. Might be, uh, like, what might be, be Deep purple influencer for metal music? Which people have poked?
1: There at, in rock which album. Which
0: people have poked at? Which might be what?
1: Mount Rushmore.
0: Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, the album that kind of looks like they're like uh, the what? Y- yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. That's yeah. the one. That's the, the one the, that people have talked about that could be considered
1: an okay. influencer for yeah, the pl-
0: genre, which now has so oh, many no genres. I mean
1: that. Uh... <laughs> That Sam I Nunn it, documentary like and he genres. breaks it all down into all the different uh, different subgenres. It's like, my god, um, I love how all the death metal and the thrash metal they all splinter off together. Well, if
0: you You've got that Genders, Norwe- Norwegian Norwegian
1: death metal, Norwegian black metal, Swedish black metal. You know, it's all,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Um, Jennifer's brother Thunder's is all in the same stuff as Elian. and for his ber- for his birthday we got him a shirt that says yeah I it's hotter than a church in Norway <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs>
1: yeah well a lot that, of people probably know that, so, that
0: what? would be one that might be tough <laughs> but I don't think I would mind wearing that <laughs> yeah oh, no.
1: Uh
0: but I like, guess as far as like nowadays I would say a big band as far as like kind of going back to what do the right thing was poking at uh, that I've gotten really into is body count Yeah, I've even kind of gotten mom here into them because she's like oh holy crap they're actually like speaking the truth and they're being raw about it Mm. but they're also really good musicians yeah and they've been around since the 90s but they didn't get really back into the fold until the like late 2000s and once they started to hit off their albums have been like consistently good uh, in fact, one, the, the most recent one called of Vex, which came out this year. At first I was like, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good album, but you know, I've been listening now so many other albums. I'm like, it's just kind of fallen, though, just for my personal taste. No, now with actual events, I've been listening to the album way more. So now I'm like, it might be my top 10 now because of how much I'm gonna end up listening to it. Uh, but I would strongly suggest that and uh, the one before this, which is called Bloodlust, especially for the oh uh, song that hits right home with all of this, which is No Lives Matter. <laughs> uh, that That's a very poignant and powerful song. Uh, but they also, they always do tribute songs on their uh, covers. But in Bloodlust, there's one where Ice-T talks about like what was like the influence going into the band and he said the top two for him as far as like when they started were black sabbath and slayer so when i and then when i listened to them i was like yep i can hear that it just has a kind of hardcore gangster rap kind of vibe with it who was Uh, that but yeah i and i've seen them live too and
1: they put on one
0: heck of a live show too
1: have to check it out
0: Body count,
2: uh, mm-hmm.
0: and then to kind of come back on the Black Sabbath thing. After I talked to you, I've gone through the been going okay. through the Black Sabbath catalog, and I just finished the Ronnie James Dio era, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, the 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 and then one that I kind of throw in there to count on a technical term is Heaven and Hell. Not the album, the band. That when they went by it, because when they got back together, they were like, "Well, we're not going to go by Black Sabbath. We're going to go by Heaven and Hell." But I was like, "It's the same members. You're still tuned to the same."
1: Yeah, I, had, I way. think that had something you to do with Sharon.
0: Like that, I'm just going to kind of call you Black Sabbath still.
1: Yeah, I think they they just didn't want to get into it with Sharon.
0: Sharon,
1: <laughs> so. I heard, I heard a story. mess with that? I guess Iron Maiden played at Ozfest, <laughs> which I didn't go to. Um, my my friend's there, and she, I don't know if it was because she was jealous that Iron Maiden was like, they were opening and or one of the opening acts before Ozzy was going to come on, and she pulled the plug on him It mid song. So yeah, Terrence wow. a piece of work.
0: <laughs>
1: yep, that's wow. my buddy saw the whole thing.
0: Wow, dang, did not know that. Um, yeah, and uh, the only other one that I've seen as far as like a recommendation, really, because. That was the thing with Sabbath. Is that I didn't know actually how many singers they've had. They haven't just had Rodney James and Ozzy.
1: Oh, that's the what one, the only other
0: one that had a different singer that I've been recommended was the album Born Again. I
1: actually saw that tour. There was, was only like one album and one tour. As <clears throat> soon as the tour was up, he left the band yeah. and went back to the Purple because they, they reformed the original band. But uh, they did have one other singer. I can't say that I've ever heard it, but some people say good things about him. The guy's name was Tony Martin, and this came after the Born Again album, so some sometime during the 80s, but I guess because he was kind of a no-name, um, people didn't really give much credit for it, but it might be worth a listen.
0: Might be. Uh and as far as going through their catalog, I'm still standing with sabotage is my favorite. Yeah. I... Uh in fact in fact some people might be actually surprised at my top five that I would put in there. Well let's hear it. <laughs> okay. Uh I think I would say sabotage, Sabbath, bloody sabbath, uh, master of reality, heaven and hell. And then, okay. but again, I still have not listened to Born Again, so who knows?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know that you're going to put that in your top five. Kind of, kind <laughs> of.
0: I mean, but I, I, I was like one of the few that actually also really liked Thirteen, the last Black Sabbath album that was made. I was surprised at how much actually I saw that people didn't really. Date I think,
1: <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think so that. Much. The only thing about that album is I had a couple of songs that just, just sounded too much like old Sabbath. Like they just kind of retooled some songs from when they first started. And, you know, one being, I, th- I think it was God is Dead that sounded a lot like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm pretty sure it was that song, but it sounds an awful lot like Black Sabbath song. The song Black Sabbath. And mm-hmm. it's like when I was listening to it, I was like, "Oh no, no, it's just too close, you know, but you know, what are you gonna do I, I thought the production was very well done, but um it made me compare it to their very first album, mm-hmm. which I consider for the probably the amount of money, and they only spent like three days in the studio with that album um it's like hearing them live. that's pretty much what it is and it's, it, to me, it's still a phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal album, it's, and it's probably the first one that you can really declare as being the first heavy metal album, even though you've got other bands that came before them that yeah. influenced, um, that would be when it kicked off.
0: Also, funny note, that album came out on Friday the 13th. What year did that come out? Yeah. 1970.
1: And they put out Paranoid, I think, also in 70.
0: The same the same yeah. year. I
2: was going to say, I thought that yeah, was they're, Paranoid. They pumped okay.
1: them out back yeah, then. Yeah, they
0: put out. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it,
0: this one, they, you said, you said the, they made the this very in first three album. days, right? And it was released in. 15, yeah. So it was released and it was released in February. So maybe they recorded the songs right at the beginning of February or at the end of January, then they had like the whole production. That probably took the longest to put all this together. But then, you know, maybe like halfway through the year, then they were like, Hey, let's yeah. work on it. I'm sure back one. then they were
1: only touring then, in Europe. You know, they had they weren't crossing the pond yet. Yeah. But um you know, mm-hmm. for all I know, they were just touring England. You know, there's plenty of places back then that they could keep busy with.
0: Yeah. Uh, Paranoid came out in September wow. of that year. Yeah.
1: So they probably toured a few months and then went back.
0: Yeah. That, so that's. Uh, yeah. And I, I mean, like you, I give that first album that a lot of credit like that. There's just a few times where it kind of is a little bit blues-ish. so that's why it kind of
1: you knocks just the first a album little
0: bit down for me. But that's just
1: yeah, which is the first something album. that I really love about Old Black Sabbath, not just bluesy, but swingy. They've got some really cool cool beats <laughs> going on, and it that, that's bled over into the Paranoid album too. But um. Yeah, they're- they were, they were kind of all over the place.
0: Yeah. I, I just think that when they then did the Paranoid album, the production and some of the sound that they just started to achieve was a bit more what they were trying to go for. It's just then after that, they started, you know, to experiment a bit more and maybe <laughs> with some hallucinogenics help experimenting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then we also—I remember when I was talking to you about the sabotage album. How much that was like—that was a, like they were being crushed from every side. Like they're dealing with so much problems, and they're like the studio's telling you to make the album. They're having drug problems. Either was
1: going, through
0: but course. all that pressure. It's sure a good, it
1: sure and <laughs> I've always called that their studio masterpiece. Which, unfortunately, they can't play live, you know, because it's it would never sound the same. You know, I'm sure they play, play a couple of Sabotage, but that studio wizardry that they had on that album, it just can't be duplicated live. There's no way. Um, but it's a great album. And I thought Ozzy sounded the best on that album of any other Sabbath album that he was on.
0: Funny enough, I've heard several music critics say the exact same thing, and like you, I agree with them that. And I've
1: heard, so- oh, these sound um, really bad.
0: <laughs> Mom, you have any? Yeah. Mom, you have any input here for Black Sabbath?
2: Uh, well, I mean, paranoid is, is just always, you know, that tags on my heartstrings. That was my, my first one I ever heard from them, so... Uh, it'll always have a very special place for me Mm -hmm. but I do like I mean I I like these other ones but yeah what can I say you kind of stick with your your first one that you hear did you
0: say that was your first album you purchased or was it no uh,
2: that was one that uh, my older brothers Ron and Don uh turned me on
0: to mm-hmm. at, the, at the old age of 11. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got I, I got into the metal scene a little bit later. You know what that
1: means? okay, Well, you know what that means, Melody? You know what that means? If you're okay. 11 years old and he got to that album, it was brand new. Yes. Now the I very same one? It.
2: Uh, a, a lot, yeah along with um, the first uh, Led Zeppelin album mm-hmm. it's an old one it's really really thick <laughs> it's I noticed that over the years uh, vinyl got thinner and thinner um, but those old ones are thick
1: mm-hmm.
2: but yeah yeah it's it's the old one I've, I've never
1: you know, kind never of a funny there. side note about that. Mm-hmm.
0: I Have even start, I've started
1: Sorry, The funny side note about that yeah. paranoid album, yours, Melody, is that when I was the summer after eighth grade, I was just starting to hear some of this metal that was coming out at the time and wasn't familiar with it all. It, it was just kind of bouncing around in my head along with all the other music of that time. And this friend of mine who was from St. Linus, school I went to, brought over this album. He said, hey, you got to hear this. And he put on Iron Man. And it, the, the, the eight bass <laughs> drum beats go on and I am Iron Man. And I was like, I've heard this before. And then the guitar riff comes in. I was like, I've definitely heard this before. <laughs> and I was like, it had, it had to be my sister playing oh my it gosh. in here, and sure enough, that was that was the deal.
2: Oh, wow!
0: Yeah, I'm not like that with films. Like, wait, I've heard that before. Like, because if it was an artist that I really didn't know about and stuff, like the first one to me is, yep, the Power Ranger movie. They play Red Hot Chili Peppers, Higher Ground. <laughs> I was just like, wait, I've heard <laughs> this somewhere. That that's like where I, I'm usually at with that. Uh but yeah, and I mean I've even started my own small growing vinyl collection. I'm just gonna always remember the Bell Witch album being my first one because I what it's a one-track album, hour and twenty-seven minute long one song oh like God. the new Inagada Vita. <laughs> I know
2: well, that beats in is <laughs> only one side <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah that I love the album art it's great and hopefully at some point when I'm comfortable to go back and everything's fine I want to get part of that tattooed on me <laughs> to start ticking. but
1: well, by the way you've told your in and out story a few um, times. Oh several. Hey, how many? About times? you know my my nephew come in here and the first thing he wants to do is go to in <laughs> and out. Uh, and and he and he has his double double and <laughs> then he wants a tattoo. Which
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which I have been like, if I show them that I have a tattoo, can I get some money off of buying a burger? Well, you but, don't have
1: any in and outs out there. Oh well.
0: Uh, well, yeah, but I'm just like, hey, I'd like a cheeseburger from here, and if it kind of helps, to I, I have a well, cheeseburger tattooed on me. Can this what What you wrestling? might try doing is sticking
1: your leg up on the counter and say, "Can you make it but, like this?" <laughs> <laughs> Except <laughs> for the hair, yeah. no hair. <laughs> yeah, let, and and, and, no, and no, in no way right. will they be able to make it like it anyway uh, so.
0: Nope. Uh well, uh we are coming to the end of our hour here. Uh I really wanna thank you, Moses, for getting all the equipment yeah, here and being able to work this out and hopefully to do, do more stuff like this, considering I may That's not be true. out there now for a little <laughs> while. Cause I'm because that was the thing that you kept saying is like, oh, hey, that first recording didn't go well. That's just a better, you know, reason for you to get back out here. And I was like, yeah, well,
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we take a we can do out. these recordings like the bands are doing <laughs> so. their recordings now, all separate.
0: Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. that's true.
0: They've even made videos now of doing that, uh, and one of them being actually Body Count did that. <laughs> and that was. Pretty fun. Uh, so normally coming to the closing part of this, I always say to my guests, "Do you want to plug your social medias and plug oh anything boy. else about that you want to get out there?" Mom, I know you don't have social that media stuff, me. <laughs> but if you would like to have your last well send off, all I
1: all I can say is that I will soon have a YouTube channel and. Uh, my oh. fiance Jennifer and I have two cats, who you know, Ian, uh, Bobo and Bobo and Echo, um, yeah. who are very entertaining. And we are going to, mm-hmm. amongst other things that we're going to do on the show, but we're going to make one called Bobo's Bistro. <laughs> and we're, I don't know if you've ever seen them, but those little, those little cat legs that you can get, and they have, like, sticks, so you could like, mimic being a cat if you just focus on the legs. The legs and the feet. I'm going to, you know, tie on, uh, you know, a spatula or, you know, whatever. And because what gave us the idea is every time we cook in that kitchen, Echo comes in and lays down right in the middle of it. And I say he must have been a chef in his former life. Mm-hmm. Because he's always in here <laughs> inspecting. So that's what it's gonna be. And not to mention, I don't know if they did it in front of you, Ian, but those cats can wrestle. And it's hilarious. Yeah. Our, uh, they little, have the some that killer you. moves, uh, would make WWE guys drool so that'll be fun yeah and the, you know there's be other things that we put on there oh. but it's it's going to be a fun yeah. day. i just got to figure out how to put it all together
0: so just one more time what would the channel well the be?
1: show is going to be bobo's bistro so we'll see if it's called that or not. but
0: bobo's bistro.
1: i'm sure that'll be one of the keywords okay <laughs> yeah exactly working
0: title yeah <laughs> Well, well, that is a studio's name, working title, so, uh, and mom, your last little bit that you want to get out there?
2: Hey, I'm just glad to talk to a little brother here, kind of feel like I'm traveling across the U.S. right now.
1: Um, Stay stay near, sis.
0: Well, you know, maybe we could always do mu- music music time with Moses and Melody. Oh
2: boy. <laughs> M&M.
0: <laughs>
1: else in your mouth, not in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you feel like a you nuts, know, sometimes you don't.
0: And and <laughs> <laughs> what? And with all that, uh, you can find me at Loco on Twitter, Ian Novak on facebook and please subscribe follow here on crazy poultry inc podcast until next time guys when i figure out the next thing to do or the next rotten eggs episode that'll be up next week Uh, until then see you all next time my My pleasure thanks for having me thanks for joining
1: bye sis love you
0: thanks little brother